Welcome back, America, to the Yucky Podcast. Within this podcast, we want to give you a little bit of insight into the entrepreneur mindset, um, especially starting out with Jake Squared. We want to give you a little bit of insight into our business, how we react in the day-to-day life, uh, and then how we carry ourselves in the personal life. And the overall goal is to give you a little bit of a balance between the two. Now, the beauty with us is we are uh, born and raised in Arizona. And we want to give you uh, not just people within our networks, people that have you know big networks outside of this, but also the local business owner and then the minds that uh, built them jake brown welcome to the show hey how you doing oh fan freaking tastic how about yourself hey, i'm fantastic i'm super excited today actually today's today's yours excited day i'm extremely excited we've found the guy that has found more than 24 hours in a single day he has figured out how to do literally everything the guy the guy. The, the guy. He is the guy, also known as Dale Schaefer. <gasps> he is the owner of Life Moves. Life, what is it? Life Moves it, Wealth. Life Moves Wealth Management. Boom. Jake there it is. with the point. Well, we got Suck half it. and half. He is uh, the president of the Florida State University Group. Vice. Vice president. I am. God, you apology. Fucking up right now. I guess I don't know. I'm as you're better than this. Thought. All right, do better. Do are you you're doing? Part, are you part of B&I Group? Yep. Okay. Are you the president? Was. Was the president, ex-presidente. He is the president of the Sunrise Rotary Group out here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yep. I know I got that one right. He is a drummer of a rock band. I did know that. Did you know that? I did know that. We've talked about it. And remember when we heard him play guitar outside of Zeal or inside Zeal? I sang Garth Brooks with him. Yep. yep. And on top of that, he has a podcast called The Financial Purpose. Is that right? That's right. (sighs) And we're up to five episodes on that. So he is new, but go check out the The Financial Purpose. Dale, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know you had so many titles. This is, uh, that's new for me. That, this is what I'm, I'm saying. I'm proud of you. I don't know how he found more than 24 hours in a day, but he <laughs> does this every single day. Welcome, Dale. Hi, welcome. Thank you. I am actually really excited. So Dale's actually part of our uh, cigar group. Uh, we mentioned it a few times on here. If you guys go listen to the Zeal podcast, the Cut Light Smoke podcast, you'll hear uh, the cigar guys get talked about quite often. Um, Dale, I... I, so me personally, I've said this a few times on the podcast. I like this podcast because I like to ask questions that not just better whoever wants to listen, but betters myself, right? So I'm actually very excited because you and Jake work um, together and this would be my first time really kind of asking you some financial questions. So don't, uh, don't steer me the wrong way. I'll do my best. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. Do my best. I'm very excited. (laughs) Sorry. So so Dale is awesome and uh, he is my financial advisor uh, for me and my wife and has been an absolute blessing and lifesaver for us. Um, he's taught us so much about money, what to do, what not to do, and not necessarily telling us what not to do, just suggesting or, you know, giving us tips and tricks on what needs to be done. And on top of that, his network is huge. It, it so really is first rotary club meeting. I went to, I uh, didn't realize how, uh, what rotary in tune. was. And actually, yeah, he taught me what it was, but how in tune you were with like everything that was actually going on within your community. That was huge. That actually kind of pushed us to start our uh, charity stuff. It is. Dang. Well, let's get Dale involved. Yeah. Oh, all right, Dale. Do you want to ask questions or should we just ramble for well, a little bit? Well, I, I want to start off because this is, you know, every time I talk to Dale, we go over all the, you know, clubs he's in, groups he's in. And honestly, my biggest wonder is finding time, Dale. Like, where do you find the time to do all this. And on top of that, where do you find the motivation to do all this? Good questions. Um, so when you're building a business, I, I came to, to Phoenix now a little over three years ago. And so I came here, no network, didn't know anybody. I think I knew like two other financial advisors. And so they were not going to help me 
meet people and all that fun stuff. So, um, you know, you have to make a commitment where you're either going to put in the, the, the time on the early stage of the business, the first five, 10 years to build and to create and to expand, um, or you're going to probably fail. So I think I just made a conscious decision to sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> Amen to that one. That works out. <laughs> Amen to that one. And uh, no, really, I, I, I do value sleep, but, you know, like about six-ish hours a night, you know, kind of thing. But then otherwise, it's it's I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to add value to the community um, because I think we have that responsibility as as business people to not just build kind of like our own kingdoms, but to help the the community around us be a kingdom. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, so that, that's just been my, my commitment to, to myself. It was my commitment to um, my wife when I decided to launch out on my own that, you know, we were going to build it and it was going to take some time and sacrifice and, and uh, you know, we'll be patient with it along the way. And, and occasionally, and I just went through this about a week ago, occasionally my body says, you need some rest. I'm putting you down for a day. Mm -hmm. And that happens. So, so life moves well. This is something recent, right? Yeah. I launched the firm in, um, April of this year and, uh, took a couple weeks, got the regulatory, um, permissions and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, yeah, launched that on my own. What what was kind of the first step that you, you, you had to understand and realize that that's what you wanted to do was branch out and actually start your own uh, business. So when I came here three years ago, I effectively was starting my own business, but I was working under the umbrella of a much larger firm. Um, and so that, that has its, its positives and negatives, depending on how you want to run your particular business. So for some people, they're perfectly okay to be, um, you know, salaried, captive, all that kind of stuff, you know, subject to whatever the, the mothership wants, and they can build their own ecosystem in that. And other people just look at it and go, you know, I pay an awful lot of money, like a lot of money back to the mothership for them to tell me how I can't grow my business because of compliance or, you know, you can't, can't go on podcast or you can't be on video or you can't do all these other things. So they limit you for all that. Stuff. They limit you. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, it's a lot of revenue to give away, to be told how you can't grow your business. And for some people, they're okay working within those, those boundaries. And for people like me, it just doesn't work. So, and obviously you're in all these other groups and that's your networking to help grow your financial advisory business. So, right. um, obviously you would want to be able to branch out and get into the, some of the BNI groups, the rotary groups, and that's all going to, you know, full circle to financial advisory life moves wealth. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Well, and, and I'm kind of new to this, so I, I guess don't take, you know, this the wrong way, but some of my questions are kind of like basic almost You're a basic um, bitch. I, I really am a basic bitch i wasn't gonna say it out loud because now the whole world knows but it's fine record it post it send it Give basic me bitch starbucks. yeah what's hey first off who doesn't like starbucks me me <laughs> that's okay two against Wait, one. No, neither of you guys really drink coffee so this no, is this co- is a jaded I, I drink coffee every day but well, i see you drinking I, I feel like you drink a lot of tea no i drink coffee just starbucks I fucking suck at this whole thing. <laughs> Jesus. All right, fine. I'll drink Starbucks by my goddamn self. Um, Do wait, wait, wait. Do you put like the sprinkles and the whipped cream and all no? That stuff I, I walk up and I say, "I'll take some mocha choco bullshit, please." Thank you. Is that I don't know how to order coffee. Like I, I want a regular coffee with a like a little bit of like cream, just a little splash. That's it. 
Just a splash. Just, 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 just a little splash. Just go to Circle K or QT. Because just go fuck off. I don't know. Jesus I don't like Circle K gosh. coffee. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to end up on a toilet in 10 minutes. I think it's below Starbucks, but I think QT is probably on par with Starbucks. But if QT you coffee is on par with Starbucks, 100%. But if you if you go to like and I can tell you where the local coffee shops are that have good coffee, bikini mm. bean. Coffee that's worth drinking. I've actually never been through there. <laughs> don't tell your wife. It's exactly how it says. Bikini I'm, bean. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I don't do you never you've only driven by them. Yeah, I don't stop by. I'm nervous. Candy. <laughs> Track his ass. <laughs> Track his ass. Um, okay, hold on. We're back to this because I actually do want to understand and know this question. But what is the main purpose of a financial advisor? What is your overall goal with all of your clients? Mine or are you ask? Are you asking no, no, for yours. me or in general? Nope. I want yours right. in particular. Like, because when somebody comes to find a financial advisor, it's you are the one, right? It's not so much a corporation or a business or, you know, what have you. But like, what is like, in your opinion, what would be your main purpose as a business owner, as a financial advisor for your customers or clients, I guess you should say. Okay. I'll say this and I'm going to have to unpack it for you. The, Please. The purpose that I take with my clients is helping them find their financial purpose. Oh, yep, definitely going to have to unpack that one. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I figured. Because as soon as you say Wait, that, you're I'm like, asking the question, sir, not you. Yeah, yeah, but as soon as I say that, it's like, okay, that sounds like the lamest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, it sounds like all woo-woo and up here and that kind of thing. Yeah. What, it, what a financial purpose does for somebody is it helps them get crystal clear on what's most important to them about their money. And as an advisor, if I don't understand what your financial motivations are, what your history with money is, how you think about money, um, how you make decisions about money. It's going to be very difficult for me to, to give good financial advice because sometimes I will say things that, or, or recommend things that I think are in your best interest. But if it doesn't sync up with the money script that you run in your head, you're not going to do the thing that or probably not going to do the thing that I ask you to do or that I, I say, Hey, this is in your best interest. Here's how you do that. And then in a couple of months I come back and I go, Hey, how's that thing going? And you're like, yeah, no, I didn't do it. Well, now I'm going to be like, well, I don't understand. You said that this was important and then I showed you how to do it and you didn't do it. And what are, what, what's happening? What do we need to do differently? And so then we end up in, we end up in, in a relationship where it's like too permissive to parental rather than it being collaborative working with you hmm. on what's most important to you. So I've, I have to understand how your brain works about money. Financial purpose is a way to get at it. So as an example, my financial purpose, um, and, and sometimes couples have the same financial purpose and sometimes each person has their own. Hmm. Mine is that it's important to me to create uh, time and resources to have adventures with our family. I want to build a business that gives my wife choices professionally and personally with her time and her talent oh, wow. and how she earns money. Yeah. And then if I do those things well, the last part of that is I want to be able to give freely. So if I'm building a successful business and it's being done the right way, then the resources to create time, which is a really tight, heavily tied to money, Right. So create time 
and resources, financial, where I can go have adventures with my wife. And that can be as, you know, um, as simple as we're just going to go, we're going to go up to the, and stay, you know, in Williamson and go to the Grand Canyon for the weekend, right? It can be, we're going to go rent a boat on Lake Powell. And, and it could be, we're going to go to Hawaii. So we're going to take small, the kids. It doesn't matter what it is, as long as you have time. Yeah, it's it's whatever it is. So the better we do it, we create the time and the resources to have adventures for the family because we only get to spend the merry-go-round once. We may as well enjoy it while oh. we're living. And that's where a lot of people get trapped, especially with financial planners or financial advisors, is they're looking at something that's 30 years down the road and ignoring what's happening right in front of your face today. So the financial purpose helps me keep you on track for today and later, but Down the road. but not sacrificing today for the benefit of a day that may never come. Damn. So that's, I, I think this is my financial purpose. Holy shit. So Sorry, I think go that's going to be a perfect segue point. Cause obviously I've already, my wife and I've already been through this with Dale. Uh, so I kind of want to put you through the test, but Dale, I'm not ready for this. I'm not prepared. Yeah. I'm no. not prepared. <laughs> yep. I, I want you to ask Jake nope, tomorrow Pass. the like top five questions you ask to gauge a customer to understand your clients oh, um, in order to you know figure out their financial planning. Again, I know you did this with my wife and I. It honestly felt like couples therapy when we first went into his <laughs> office, and, and, and it did. I mean, it's like you know what what makes you upset? What does this and that? And I'm like. Am I, do I need to like lay on a black couch and like tell you about <laughs> hey, my whoa, dreams whoa. and this and that? And like, and then all this is, but I want uh, you to ask Jake Morrow and Jake, I want you to answer them. But top five questions to gauge a client <sighs> or a customer. Okay. Don't go easy on me though. I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. So no, 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 absolutely. Um, and, and nor is anyone else that comes into my office for the first time. So, um, and if you don't want to give away your secrets, just ask. Stupid questions. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm perfect because I'll answer stupid questions with stupid answers. No, so I'm let's do I'm, this. I'm perfectly okay with this because I don't. I believe that if you're doing good work and somebody else can grab it and make it their own and be successful with it, then you've done your part because you're creating a resource. Like the the whole thing where things are proprietary, and so we we're not going to share that. I just for me for what I do, there's no corner on on the market, right? So my, my corner is not my proprietary stuff. My corner is the way that I ask questions and wrap things around financial purpose and, you know, do the guidance. So when you come in to meet with me for the first time, there's really two questions that kick off the meeting. The first is, you know, something along the lines of why, why are we here? What's most important to you that we talk about today? Like the, it's going to be one of those questions and so the old, you'll data dump and you'll give me some information and you'll tell me what's on your mind and, and that's all great. And I'll write it down. Um, and then I'll ask you to come, if we can come back to that. So maybe that's like question one, part a, I don't know, whatever. Mm. So I'll write it down. Can we come back to that? And then the next question is, you know, just let's establish some sort of a, a basis of, of understanding here. So what Jake Morrow, what is most important to you? about money um let's see 
I think, I mean, the biggest thing for me is, you know, the, the backing behind what we're doing now, why, you know, we're so driven to do this, or at least myself personally, is to have the freedom to do whatever the hell I want, whenever the hell I want. I don't want to see my family miss an opportunity, whether it's for a family vacation, whether it's for a house my mom wants to buy, whether it's a motorcycle my dad wants to buy. I don't want to see a missed opportunity when I could be financially, financially stable enough um, to support them with whatever they want to do. But in return, also, if I want to go buy a bike, I want to go buy a bike. If I want to go pay for my dad to go travel the world on a cruise ship, I want to be able to purchase that without any hesitations that I'm not going to be able to make rent. I'm not going to be able to make my mortgage, whatever the case may be. So I want the financial freedom to take care of my family and do whatever the hell I want to do in that moment. Not necessarily planning for 30 years down the road, but in the moment at any given time. So do you feel like you're... Uh, on track for that vision or are you not even sure where the track's located? Um, these last couple of years have shown me that I have no idea where the tracks even are yet, but at least I know I'm the, the direction I'm going feels like the correct one. And that's kind of hard to explain because, you know, a lot of times people follow a path, people see different paths in front of them. And I'm, I'm not necessarily walking blind. I see the overall goal. I just don't know if there's a, even a path under my feet or if I, my feet are making the path that I'm walking on, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so <laughs> with that, that's a great, great answer. It's a great answer. And I just shot from the hip with that one. I don't know. I just, I, I said my truth. I don't know. I don't. Well, and w- w- what you said, and thank you by the way for sharing that. I know my truth. I know my truth. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's honesty. I mean, that's was that if like if I came to your office, that that's legitimately what I would say. I would hope that you know, now that I understand, I would think a little bit more about it and maybe be able to articulate it a little bit more. But that's just me. But what what's important is that you say it the way you said it because it's your answer, right? So the the more polished it is, the less I believe it when it comes out like that. Okay, like it's right? more when people rehearse that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and there's gonna be, and I'm gonna I'm gonna listen for things like that, and there's gonna be things that I'm gonna pull out, and you know I might say, you know that that's really interesting. So, you know, you said this. Tell me a little bit more about what that means, or tell me tell me a little bit more about about why that came up or why that's important. Sometimes one of the questions I use is, you know, so Jake Morrow. <laughs> Shit, I'm nervous. I'm literally, I think I'm sweating right now. Okay, good. <laughs> If you had to tell me using only one word, how you feel about money today, what's the first word that comes to mind? And don't overthink it. Stressed. Okay. I know it. So when you write, when, when you tell me that word, I'm going to, I'm going to, and I won't do it on this podcast, but (laughs) in, in the meeting, I would, I would write that down and I would say, you know, thanks for sharing that word. Tell me why that's the very first word that came to mind. And we would get into a little bit more about why stressed is your overarching first thought about money. A lot of times the first word you say isn't really the word that you would say, but it's the first thing that you can articulate. Mm-hmm. And then we can at least open it up a little bit, unpack it, see what's there. And then we can, with everything that you, you already said, you've already started to give me an idea of what your financial purpose is. And now I have something to work with. So if we're going to do investing, if you're going to buy a business, if you're going to expand, if you're going to get married, if you're going to do anything, I have your statement of financial purpose documented. There's actually an app that I use where you can see that financial purpose as well. Hmm. 
anytime that you open the app, it's right there in the front. Yeah. And uh, Jake Brown hasn't seen it yet. But Ken, uh, Kendi probably changes <laughs> that part. No, 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 it's, it's we're you. A team. We're a team. We're They're in this team. together. They're we just team. haven't had our quarter four meeting yet. No one sees us, but I'm winking. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She runs my life. Because yeah. yeah, she runs so, mine too. Jesus. <laughs> so you see it, and uh, and it becomes really important because then any other decision that you want to make, I'm going to come back and say, well, tell me how this fits into your financial purpose. And that becomes very, very important because if you tell me that you know, the things that are most important to you is, is making sure that you have resources available to do whatever you want and to be able to help your family accomplish what, you know, they want because you want to give back to them or, or however you said it. If you come back to me and say, Hey, listen, I'm going to, um, I'm going to sell my half of freedom brands and, uh, I'm going to move to Texas and I'm, I'm going to, uh, start racing motorcycles. Where can we sign up for that? Yeah, Right. Done. <laughs> right. I'm going to say, that's interesting. Tell me how that's going to fit into, has your priorities changed? Is there, you know, is there something that's happened? Are you, you know, is this like a, most importantly with money and men in particular, a lot of what I do is to prevent you from financially harming yourself in a midlife crisis or a moment of panic or mm -hmm. something like Impulse, that. Whole stuff like that. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so it's not like, it's not that I'm giving you permission how to use your money or whether or not to use money. It's I'm, I'm giving you the tools to make better decisions for yourself. And then if you run into trouble, I can help. Or if you need to bounce the terms, I can help. Or if you just want to know if I think something's a good idea, we can talk through it. So you're almost like the voice of reason. So I think the best yeah. way Dale has yeah. put it when yeah. we were going through this was he's the CEO of our lives. CFO. 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 Well, you can be the CEO <laughs> oh. as well. You run my life. Um, so the no. CFO of our lives where, you know, we, if it's a money purpose, we're going to you and it's not asking for permission. It's saying, hey, can this fit in our plan? Yeah. So like, don't call me from the car lot going, hey, I, I just found, I just found a truck. Can I buy it? I need to buy it, dad. Yeah, can, I, can I buy it? We've I'm going to be like, I don't know. Can you? We've done that. Let's talk about... <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Jeep, with the Jeep. So, I was just yeah. gonna say, hey, with the Jeep. so it's like, hey, Dale, so impulse buy. We yeah. already bought it, but is it okay? <laughs> Can we swing this? Yeah. yeah. Can you yeah, fit this into our plan? We already did it, so make it work. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So oh. it's just like, okay, you're able to make choices. You understand that choices impact your financial health, so you're going to make good choices. It's not, you know, I tell clients, I'm like, please don't ever call me from the grocery store asking if you can buy the $38 steak for dinner, <laughs> buy the steak and enjoy it, but don't burn it. Yep. You know, yeah. make it, make it worthwhile. Right. And if you cook it well done, I certainly don't want to know about it. <laughs> don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a wasted investment. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, we hate those people. Don't we Jake Brown? Uh, yeah. You don't even have to cook the steak for me. Just throw it on my plate. Slap it on there. Yeah. Oh goodness. Um, wow. I, it, this honestly, it, I'm, Helpful, not helpful. Very helpful because okay. it, it, it's showing me that I truly need to understand my financial purpose, right? What is the actual reasoning behind it? And Jake said it best in the beginning. You're almost their therapist. Like you really are. You need to dissect like what their actual meaning behind it is and then figure out how you can best direct to them. And, and again, I think that whole quote unquote therapy session was more of figuring out kind of where we stand as a relationship mm -hmm. with money involved. Again, the number one cause of divorce is money. Money. 
So I think it was kind of figuring out where we both stand in our lives with money. Are we on the same path? Do we have the same goals? And how do we make it work from there? Do you think that's one of the hardest things about financial planning? That right there? Just money like coming between two people or what's the what's the hardest thing about financial planning, do you think? Or I guess Yeah. Um yeah, I, it's a very broad question. But. So yeah, some people can be um, they they can approach money differently because of how they are raised or what they you know first remember about money or what their parents said about money or how they behaved around money, and so people can make different decisions. Not on like parenting or anything else, right? You're just going to have a different basis um, with how you see that, and so a lot of times, um, you know, if you're going to for my clients, if you're going to fight about money, please do that in my office. Okay. Why? Right? Don't do it over the kitchen table. Because over the kitchen table, you're going to be mean to each other. And a lot, right? You're in the risk of being mean to each other. That's true. Or one person trying to, quote unquote, win the argument. Yeah. In my office, we're trying to reach a resolution that everybody can agree is the best way to move forward. So gotcha. if you're going to have a, if you're going to have a money fight, schedule time, come, come in my on, office. Come on in. I'll make the coffee, good coffee. Yeah, there it I have <laughs> tissues, you know, that kind Starbucks. of thing. We can be constructive in my office. You're, you're not likely to be mean to each other because if you are, there's a good chance I'm going to say something about it, right? And sometimes that's what people need. Oh, somebody's knocking on our door. Well, we're, guess what? We're busy. We're podcasting. We're on air. Uh, so, and a lot of, what a lot of people don't understand is as a financial advisor, it's not just investments later on or investments now. You help out with wills. You help out with if there is a divorce involved, he's helping with the money and the splits there. Um, you know, once you're dead and gone, yeah. you know, the money goes through Dale first of this is what Jake wanted. This is where it needs to go. Um, what else does the financial advisor do? Depends on what you what mean you're by, signing up for. Depends on what you mean by financial advisor. So what do you mean, Jake Brown? <laughs> your subscri- <laughs> subscription plan. What do you want? There's different plans as a financial advisor? No, it's just that... Don't lie to me, Jake Brown. You're <laughs> messing with my mind. It's it, it's more of what somebody who calls themselves a financial advisor actually does. So a lot of them, uh, a lot of times when you have a financial advisor, you're going to be talking about a few different things. So you're going to want to know, is this person, are they operating under what's called the suitability standard? Or are they operating under what's called the fiduciary standard? Are they a certified financial planner or not? Do they have any other designations that they didn't buy on the internet and take a you know twenty five or fifty question test to get it? Um, YouTube certified. Yeah. Uh, are they are they selling something? Insurance, annuities, some kind of you know mutual fund or some other investment, um, or are they are they taking a, a holistic approach with your financial life? And so a lot of a lot of financial advisors just kind of focus on investments, mm-hmm. and some only focus on insurance and call those investments, which mm-hmm. is is potentially a dott episode that I'd be Ooh. happy to have. <laughs> I'm down. I'm um, down. And then other other financial advisors are true financial planners, and so um, so like myself, I'm a certified financial planner. CFP is the designation. So that is, um, that's to, to even be able to sit for the exam, which is, uh, an eight hour exam. Now I, 
maybe it's trimmed down to seven, but that's a, that's that to sit for the exam. You have to go through a, um, a rigorous ethics background check. You have to have somewhere between four to 6,000 hours of financial planning experience. You have to have a four year degree and you have to have, uh, it's approximately 18 to 24 months of financial planning specific coursework. So it's a big, it's a big damn deal and and it should be. So when you meet with me, we're talking about your cash flow, your net worth, risk planning, investment planning, retirement planning, whatever it is that retirement means to you, which is a big focus of a lot of of what we talk about. Cause people say, Oh, I want to save for retirement. And I'm like, great. I love you too. What, what did, (laughs) what what did either of us just say? (laughs) What does it mean? What does it mean? Um, so we do that. We talk about tax planning and then we talk about estate planning. So we're doing all of that because it's all, it's all integrated. Yeah. It, it all kind of commingles. Well, I guess what would be, I mean, again, this is, this is all great information, especially for me. I know Jake, you've already gone through this with Dale, but what's some good advice for somebody who, since there are so many different, I guess, you know, quote unquote financial planners out there, what's the best advice you can give to uh, somebody who's looking for a financial advisor or you know, somebody in your position, like what's something I should walk into and like, what should I be looking for? It's very difficult. You're probably going to have to talk to a couple of people. The most important thing is to find somebody that you think you want to work with 10 years from now, because when you hire a financial advisor, you want that person to be part of your life Mm -hmm. and they should want you to be part of theirs. So kind of on both sides, because again, if, if I'm going to go meet with somebody and I'm going to talk about my financial standing, like I'm going to have to have some trust in this person. It, it's a relationship. Yeah. Yep. You've you got to have a relationship. Um, you also want to talk to somebody who you, you can pick up. Everybody can smell somebody selling something a mile away. Right. So if, if you're, if you're uncertain about that, trust your gut, mm. right? trust your instinct. But um, it's very important to find out, you know, what they do what they cover service wise, what they charge, um, you know, what their experience is. I'm not, I am not against working with somebody who hasn't been in the game for a long time. So if somebody has got two or three years of experience, that doesn't mean they don't know what they're doing. Okay. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's not unlike some of your guys who may have not a lot of experience, but can be, can be fairly talented. Yeah. And, and, and just know what they're doing. So, um, years and years and years of experience doesn't always mean that you've got a quality person. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at us. I don't know if I can call us quality people. We're Jake not Brown, quality. But, oh, damn it. One day we will yeah. be. Yeah, but you're both good looking. Yeah, well, that helps. So. <laughs> 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 We're close. We're close. Yeah. Um, until you make it. Well, somebody has to make it as long as the other person's faking it, right? Mm. That's, that's a topic for another day, I guess. Um, so I guess as a financial advisor, as somebody who just started their business, right, relatively recent, what is when you're pitching a new customer, what's the one thing that you want them to take away from you? Even if they go with you, even if they, you know, decide to go a different route and go talk to somebody, what's one thing you want them to leave your office with if you could, you know, give them one singular thing? I don't pitch. Okay. I was going to make that sexual and make some jokes, but I, I've done, I don't know. How to well, do I, I can name something from personal experience. When we left his office for the first time, Kendi and I, um, we honestly couldn't stop talking about it. And uh, to be honest, we we're like, you know, he kind of gave us the pricing of everything and we're like, whatever number he threw out, we're paying it. 
because we trusted him that much to know, hey, I'm going to treat you well. This is what I'm going to do. This is what we're going to do, and we're going to make it happen. These are your goals. Your goals are going to happen. And he trusted, or I trusted him. He trusted us, and I think at the end, it's a huge friendship and relationship that you build because, again, he's the CFO of your world now. Yep. And so we left super excited, and, you know, we were so happy and just full of trust. Do you remember what we talked about in the first meeting? And you, you don't have to go into detail, but yes or no. Do you remember like what we talked about? I remember little, uh, little bits of it. Um, again, our first one was you trying to figure out, you know, where we wanted to be in life, uh, where we wanted our money to go, kind of our goals. And then again, we followed up a year later and we went over those goals again of, Hey, are these still in place? Are these are still what you want to do or, you know, did we change tracks? Yeah. Do you remember what we didn't talk about in the first meeting? No. We did not talk about specifics, dollars and cents. Where is this account? Where's that account? How much are you worth? Like, we didn't talk about any of that in the first meeting. No, I think that was like six months later when we started. All right, it wasn't that long. No. It was it was a few months later where then you're like, hey, let's, let's go ahead and dive into these accounts and investments and where do you want your investments going? Yeah. So. And that's, that's important because what's important to me in the first meeting is getting to know you, not getting to know your balance sheet. Because frankly, if we're not going to be a good match, it's none of my business. And it's not even worth the time. It's, yeah, it's not information that I need to know or write down or even hold on to. So yep. in the first meeting, we really just need to get to know each other and make sure that there's a fit and that, that I can be helpful to you. Because if I can't be helpful to you, I will tell you that and I will ask you to please don't try to pay me because I would, I mean, there's, there's been situations where someone has come in and I would say, listen, I, you need my help and I would be happy to, to charge you for financial planning, but I would rather you take this amount of money on a monthly basis and do this instead and come back in a year and let me know how it's going. See, and that says that for me, I mean, I, I know you better than a lot of people that are going to listen to this, but that right there shows uh, an extreme amount of like your character, right? Because a lot of people just want to bend you over, take you for as much as you can, see you later, be down the road, never have a second thought about that to where you actually give a shit about what people are trying to do and well, your the, impact on it. It's them. the relationship. Yeah. Right. We can't be in a relationship if I'm taking advantage of you. That's not a relationship. Right. So if we're going to work together, it's got to be, it, it, it needs to be mutually beneficial. Which, I, I mean, that makes sense. That's, I, I mean, I've never had the best relationships, I guess, but, you know, as some <laughs> I people thought our relationship me, was pretty good. Eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I guess, as a, <laughs> I still love you. You know I do. Um, uh, it's quite so, a relationship. A, you, have no <laughs> you have no idea, sir. You have no idea. That's real special. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look. Okay, my mom always said I was supposed to be special, or I am special, so I'm just trying to live up to her expectations, she, okay? She got that right. you damn right. Three helmets later, I'm still here. There you go. Um, None of them a football. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, so, okay, well, I guess I, I did have a random question. So I, a while ago, before I bought my first home, I dove into a lot of different research and worked on building credit. Um, and a big thing that I kind of circle back to was credit cards. What's your opinion on credit cards? 
good, bad, stay away from them. Use a debit card instead of a credit card. No, I I think credit cards, um, if just like with anything else in your financial life, if you know what their purpose is, then they can serve a very good purpose. Credit cards, if you go to anybody who is like a financial guru, everything that I just said for that 10 seconds is wrong. Because you should cut up credit cards, you should never use them. You know, don't 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 get a lease because you're going to get fleeced, right? All that yep. kind of stuff. Should live on beans and rice. Yeah, rice and beans, right? Yep. Yeah, live like no one else. You can live like no one else. Yep. Like all that fun stuff. Um, and and that's good for some people, but there's a certain point where that kind of that level of advice isn't very helpful to you because, in in a lot of respects, one of the one of the best ways to build wealth is with a little bit of leverage, but it's got to be leverage that's responsibly used. With credit cards, it's very, very easy to fall into, you know, the trap of swiping. And then you're like, I'm just going to, I'll pay this much now because in a year from now I'll be making more money or I've got this thing that's going to happen and I'll pay it off. And sometimes that works out. And for a lot of people it doesn't. And then you roll a balance. So, and even if you roll a balance, that's not the end of the world the key is to be able to not let it get out of control where the debt owns you and it prevents you from being able to do other things that are helpful. So if the, if just like car payments, right? Cars are not bad, but if your cash flow doesn't support a $1,200 a month car payment, but you do it anyway, that's going to prevent you from doing other things, making investments, going on trips, doing the things that are in your financial purpose, right? So that's why we do that because you might really, really, really want the whatever it is that costs $1,200 per month. But if you need $300 of room in your cash flow, maybe we need to look at some way to get something that's maybe eight or 900 or 500 or 300 or something, you know, we've got to find the right balance to keep you moving forward financially. Gotcha. And like, and for me, when I was going to buy a house and I really had to work on my credit, there were two major things that really, I don't think I've used my debit card in years, like legitimately years. I had to use it one time because I had to pay a bill or something and they weren't uh, accepting American Express, um, whatever, so on and so forth. I linked it to an account. It was fine. But that was the only time I've used it in multiple years. But there were two main things that when I was doing all this research, I had to, or I found and, and I understood one was without credit, which is so shitty because nobody can really tell you how to positively like grow it. The algorithm is very screwed up. Yeah. Without credit, you can't go buy shit in this world. Yes. Which is pathetic. But if you, it, yes, but that that's how it works. And if you always, always just pay things off and you never use like a credit card or you never get a mortgage or you know, if you're like all debt is bad debt, mm-hmm. then you don't build credit. And so then how do you, you, you don't get approved for shit. Exactly. If you don't pay it for cash, you're not going to get anything. Right. So it, it, it is very much, it, it is a catch 22 system. Mm. It, it works when you work it. Right. Yeah. And it can totally screw you over when you don't. And so kind of bringing it back to credit cards, it, it it's not a question of if they're bad or good or right or wrong. It really is. Credit cards are a financial tool. How do you need to use it? Which is good. And I actually, I'm kind of curious about this. So the second part of what really kind of pushed me to use credit cards for everything, um, I read a bunch of like 
uh, a bunch of different articles and Forbes and, you know, whatever the case might be. I did a ton of research um, trying to build my credit. But one thing that tend to, you know, hit on a, a couple of different pages, a couple of different, you know, financial, like you said, air quote, financial gurus was using your debit card, you're pulling directly out of your own pocket, right? So if somebody takes that money and run, you're screwed. Using a credit card, you're essentially using somebody else's money, the, the bank or whatever, you know, financial institution you're using. And if somebody takes their money and runs, they come back to you and you can essentially say, yep, no, that wasn't me. Good luck having, good luck getting your money. And you're in sense safe, right? Ever since I kind of kept coming back to that conclusion of I'm spending, I'm not spending my money, quote unquote, right? I'm eventually going to pay the credit card. So it is my money, but I'm spending somebody else's money, which is a hundred percent what every single bank around this world does. Yeah. So I like will a, never go back to that shit. Well, it's like I said, to, to effectively build wealth, you, you're going to have to use leverage at some point, mm. right? Because if you save and save and save, and you put together $400,000 in your savings account, which I can go into a lot of a much longer podcasts about why that may or may not be a good idea because of FDIC, uh, FDIC limits and that kind of thing. But anyway, if you put $400,000 <laughs> in a bank account and then you pull out $400,000 and you go try to buy a house, first of all, good luck, depending <laughs> on where you are in the country. Right. Second, you you have you've you've amassed four hundred thousand dollars of resources that is now gone and it's in dirt and you can't get it back unless you sell the asset that you just dumped all the the cash into mm -hmm. so the you know the whole thing is like okay i can take four hundred thousand dollars out of my bank account or out of my brokerage account or whatever it is or i can borrow to some extent and get a mortgage and have a payment, so I'm renting money at potential. Well, a year ago, this conversation would have sounded much, much better. But <laughs> now, in in a lot of cases, you would be renting someone's money at a rate that's lower than what you could get on an investment return. So you're able to actually do a little bit of of um, I don't. It's not arbitrage, but it basically, you're, you've leveraged the use of the money so then you can use that same amount of money to do other things yep. that will continue to build your wealth. And then the, you know, as, as your assets go up and your liabilities come down, your net worth grows over grows. time. And it's really difficult to do that without, without ever taking any leverage. And uh, you know, and that actually makes a ton of sense easily. If you don't leverage money, then what's the point? Cause every wealthy person out there understands that concept yeah. and does it. I mean, I, I had to, I had used leverage to start my business, right? Mm -hmm. I, cause I, I had, I had some money, but there are things that I had to do that it was like, okay, responsibly, sure, I should just use the money in the bank, but I have to think about cash flow, which to me, I mean, cash flow is, is, is the blood pumping through your financial veins. Mm -hmm. If the cash flow stops, the body stops, right? So cash flow has to keep going. And so at some point it, it will make sense to borrow or to do this thing. So that way cash flow can keep going. And then when cash flow continues to go, then it will bring back the resources to then make that balance sheet whole. If you're doing the cash flow earnings part of it, right? It's just, it's no different than running a business, right? I treat all of my clients as if they are individual businesses because there's no difference. Yeah, that, that's true. Everyone has their own set of books. Everyone has their own way of operating. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense.
Um, I, I guess one of the last questions I have here before we hit you with some, you know, our first ever rapid fire questions for oh boy. for the man himself. Oh. Um, so there's obviously within our cigar group, we have a lot of uh, similar qualities and like-minded men. Um, you're a big family man, correct? With being a financial advisor, owning your own business, kind of, you know, helping not just yourself, but every other person or every other client you have. What's one big takeaway you want your kids to know and understand from being a financial advisor? Mistakes are not fatal. In a lot of respects. I mean, there, there are, I, I, I mean, it, there are some things that you do that you, you, you just can't, you can't come back from. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But, but those are extreme. Those are always extreme things. Yes. So making mistakes, especially when you're young, um, you know, learning how to invest that doesn't include some, what somebody on TikTok told you. <laughs> the social is media. a good start. Oh, um, gosh. Again, that's another. <laughs> we'll come back for D O T. Yeah, because we, we can talk about we some did social say, media. All right, Dale, TikTok, and then I'm <laughs> I'm triggered, and we're gonna go. So, uh, oh, <laughs> no, but like, if you don't put yourself at any risk, you do not have the potential to grow. Right? It's mm-hmm. not. It's like, it's like bodybuilding. You have to put the muscles under stress and strain to get them to respond and to grow and to strengthen. You have to do the same thing to yourself. And sometimes that means that you take some financial risk. Sometimes you take some relationship risk, but if you're going to do those things, you want to be crystal clear on why you're doing it. So that way when you get to the middle of it and you want to quit because it's hard, you're going to remember why you started and you don't quit and, and you don't quit. And, and you know, I, I kind of paused in the beginning because that, that really kind of resonated with me because people, you know, they have something that happens to them and then they just, they let that weigh so heavy on them that they forget to try again, try something different, learn mm-hmm. from whatever just happened and, and try to be, even if it's so small, try to be a little bit better than what you did before. Yeah. Don't let that failure stop you. So that that's that's why I kind of pause because I'm like, oh shit, that's a really good answer. It's like the the um, the Japanese the the Kaizen method, which is the one percent of manufacturing improvement. You guys are you familiar with that? Uh, nope. Nope. We so, suck again. No, 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 no. It's 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 really simple. It's basically just. Um, if you're having if you're having trouble getting a needle to move, you know a, a key performance indicator or, um, you know a, a something within yourself. It can be as simple as, um, you know, controlling your weight or a habit that you want to get under control. Or I'm not looking at anybody. I looked at Jake Brown. I'm not looking at anybody. I looked at <laughs> myself. He looked directly at you, Jake <laughs> Brown. He said, "Wait, pause, Jake wait. Brown." Okay, I, next. I had four slices of pizza for breakfast. Yeah. Oh my god! Right, breakfast please. of champion. Do you get that invite on a Monday morning? Yeah, no, right? I, had, I didn't get I that had invite. Pizza either. with Dale last night, though. I got that invite. We did have pizza last night. Yep. You my invitation's probably in the mail. I don't check my mailbox very often, so it's probably waiting. Sorry for. So yeah. if it if it's any of those things, um, or if it's we need to, we want to increase our, our sales or, or we want to increase something in a very specific area of your business, making a 1% improvement over time compounds to big improvements 
over the long term. But you don't start by making big improvements because big improvements fail mm-hmm. if if you start big. Yep. It's like turning the Titanic, right? It's just going to take a while, and you've got to do that at one one degree in- increment at a time to get the ship to turn properly without tipping and keeping its balanced and all that stuff. Yep. No, that's a really good theory. I so it's just like that. 1% better, right? So it's like, you know, waking up in the morning. I, You know, my thing is that I try, when I'm conscious of, and, and intentional about my mornings, on the way to, to the office, you know, it's, it's a 20, 25-minute drive, depending on how everybody else around me is driving, because I'm never the problem. It's all those other people. Oh, of course. So if they're doing their stuff right, then we all get there, you know, in one piece and in yep. in good time. I like to take that ride in silence a lot of times. And I'm just thinking about not only what do I need to do for the day, but, but when the conscious thought hits my brain, it's, you know, a lot of times it sounds like this. It's like, okay, God, just help me be a better man today than I was yesterday. And just remember that yesterday I thought I was pretty good because I'm human. Right. Damn. So how do I just be a little bit better today? than yesterday and so that's that make that one percent improvement keep track of what you're doing and more importantly keep track of why you're doing it because it shit gets hard it gets really hard running a business is hard serving people when it matters long term is hard living in your community and being a good person is hard going to the grocery store and seeing somebody you know and them not turn the other you know way that's hard work to, mm-hmm. to have the kind of integrity, you know, that, that you would carry yourself with like that. It's not easy. So, you know, when you ask me, how do you find all the hours, right. To bring it around? It's, it's just that, how do I just be 1% better? And sometimes it means I have to work harder now because I'm in that 1% phase. That's inspirational shit. Yeah. That's the podcast title, he, he 1% better. Ca- 1% better. He, he kind of lost me a little bit when he was like, you know, be nicer to other people. And I'm like, uh, well, it's not but for then everybody. brought me right back. Around. Yeah, the 1% better isn't for everybody. I'm going to 1% that like next week. Hey, 1%. <laughs> so, hey, listen, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes go a half percent. So, sometimes being nice to people isn't 1% better. Sometimes that person's an asshole. Some, I'm a, I'm sometimes, it's recorded. I'm remembering that some, shit. Next time I'm a dick to somebody, be like, hey, you're an asshole. And uh, my buddy Dale said, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> Well, oh, wait. He, I, technically, he said, "Don't be one percent better because you're not better." But I took it as "fuck you." I mean, you guys know how it is. Sometimes when sometimes when you extend when you're nice to somebody who really needs to hear a different truth, mm-hmm. that being nice doesn't help them, and it certainly doesn't help you. Exactly. That's true. And I so like you're it. getting like negative one percent worse. Mm-hmm. All right, don't be That's, nice to people. That is huge. And scene, yeah, yeah, that really is inspirational. I, like I almost like. Do we hit them with the the rapid questions well, now? Because I now it's going to change the dynamic of how serious we just got. Well, so I think we could go on a podcast with Dale for probably three hours and still not get through his day to day. But we I'm actually have, really into this well, conversation. Like we this don't, is exciting. Dale's looking at his watch and he says, "I've got dinner on the table." So I, we're gonna do rapid questions. I actually don't. I actually have to go drum. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so we're gonna do rapid questions, and then uh, we'll have a part two with Dale. Down we'll definitely road a have bit. to come back. Absolutely. Uh, so, do you want to start rapid fire? We're just going to... You know what we should do? What do we got? Is because the Financial Purpose Podcast has never had a guest. Ooh. Huh. Guess what we could be. We're not financial purposeful, but we can figure it out. Is that a word? I think it is. I like it. We can figure it out. Urban we can figure it out. Yeah. Let us know. 
Okay. We can even use this uh, this area. There you I'll, go. Give, I'll give up my chair and I'll swap you. I'll be in the guest chair. You can. Sit I kind of like this couch. You do? It's nice, yeah. huh? It's kind of comfy, right? Yeah. Don't smell it. All right. <laughs> Jake Brown takes naps on it, so I wouldn't <laughs> smell it either. That's weird. All right. Let's get into a speed round. Oh, uh, we're definitely going to put you on the spot and make you think. Mm. Um, Should I redo my questions then? No. Okay. All right. Run, so, run what you brought. Should, run what you brought. So I don't know if I should start on this one. I think that's a lot of thinking. Just start. Come on. Shoot it out there. Right. Are you doing all five or you want to do I'm one doing, and one? We'll swap. Okay. One and one. Oh, oh yep. meow. Meow. Call me, call me kitty cat. All right. But so, for speed or comfort, somebody All right. All right, all right, all right. All right. Okay, sorry. All right. One song title that describes your life. Oh. Boom. See, that's hard because you have to go impulse. This is rapid no, fire. No. It's not the best answer. It's the quickest answer. So like Master of Puppets or something. No. no. You know what? But but if we're going to stay on Metallica, I like Eye of the Beholder. <laughs> all right. Because it's all about perspective. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's making it real again. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to mix it up with one of my questions. If you could be one Spice Girl, which one would it be? <laughs> and Why? And I just threw in the end why I just really want to know which Spice Girl you would pick. Go. I'm trying to remember any of the Spice Girl. Posh? Sporty Spice. Sporty. Which one? Would it, you want to be the Posh Sugar? One? Cinnamon? What, what are... <laughs> Those are the strippers' names. <laughs> posh. Posh. That was one of them. I know it was one of them. Boom. All right. Do you even know the Spice Girl? Too? I just know the Sporty one because okay. she was hot. <laughs> All right. As a whiskey and bourbon connoisseur, Boom. give me one random fact about whiskey or bourbon. Mm, how about scotch? Okay. That's that swamp ass that the guys talk about. Gotcha. Give me one random fact about swamp ass. <laughs> about swamp ass scotch? Dang. In particular or just, scotch? Just, just, just scotch. Dang. Okay. I don't so, drink. All right. <laughs> he doesn't know either of those yeah, anyway. Give me okay. one random fact so, about Aquafina. Okay. So Aquafina. most important thing to know about scotch is there are five reason, five regions of Scotland where scotch is produced and they all have different characteristics. The swamp ass that you're talking about, <laughs> that's me, which we're just going to call good peaty scotch, is predominantly from the Isle of Isla. Now, there are other places in Scotland where you can get peaty scotch, but what's interesting about Isla is that depending on where the distillery is located on the island, it will be more or less briny or swamp ass, more peaty, swamp more swamp assy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really that, interesting. That was uh, the cigar guys um, verbatim. Swamp assy. Mm -hmm. Swamp assy. Okay, that's yeah. okay. That's yeah. good. actually really. And there, it's good there are only two of us in that in that group of guys who, it you who and Jeff? me and Jeff, who yeah. actually drink Swamp Scotch ass. worth drinking. Yeah. yeah. Shout out, boys! He's yeah. coming for you. What's up, well, Jeff? If anyone listens to this, what's up, Jeff? We need to have Jeff Friday because he be is the most interesting, interesting man alive. Jeff really is, is the most interesting man alive. Jeez. All right, my turn. Um. Do you think Pluto should be a planet again? Hell yes. Man, boy, that's a great answer. <laughs> Your question. I'm so. I'm, Dude, it was okay. Pluto was a planet growing up all the time, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, nope. Now it's just some big rock. It's that's just a drawer planet. I'm so. I, oh, like, what kind of shit is that? Well, men used to be men when we were growing that, up. That really could be a dot. Because we I went, will. I will dot. double t with you. We went to the planetarium Pluto. a couple weeks ago, and they were like, "There are eight planets." I'm like, nine, Wrong. nine. Wrong. There are nine planets in our Son of a. <laughs> yeah, I was really upset about it. See? Not a stupid question. Fuck no, you, Jake. Okay. Uranus. Um, <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? That's such a good question. Uh, Got him. 
Stumped him. Got him. I thought I was going to get him with the Pluto one, but no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I think dog. I think what I want to be, I, I you know, I, the first thing that comes to mind is because we have, so we have the next generation now, right? So we have a grandkid, Oliver, who is the one cutest of, little kid ever. Yeah, he's like one and a half years old, right? So like what I want to be when I grow up is some somebody that, the, the next generation of kids, like the grandkids or whatever, I want to be somebody that they come to for fun and come to for advice, right? So I, I want to be like the safe place where nothing's off limits and there's no like judgment or getting in trouble unless you're doing something really, really stupid and then I'm going to bust your ass. But otherwise, <laughs> like, you know, like I, I just, I want to be resourceful to the kids because I want them to have the relationship with their grandparents that I never had. That's awesome. Yeah. Damn, inspirational again. No, no, no. It's no, uh, that's that's good though, because I mean that's what I think every man would want. I mean that that's I still think about my relationship with my grandfather, and it was a really good one. But yeah. I would hope that I have something that resembles that. I hope that one day if I have a kid, my my kids will have that relationship with my dad, which my dad's kind of a hard ass. So and I don't yeah, know if that'll happen. But my, and my grandfather yeah. was too. I mean, like I. I I have fond memories of of him, but he was he was a hard man, and and a lot of times we were just in the way, as grandkids. Yeah. So it's like I I I I have that tendency, and so I just I I feel like I kind of fight against that. So I just I want to be somebody who doesn't who's not too busy. Dang. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Uh, next question. Um, first thing you would do when you got if you got handed a million dollars. Invest. Honestly, financial advisors, man. Let me tell you, so boring. Blow it all. I'm gonna go buy an island, something. No, all right, invest it. Buy a business. Nick, boring. Don't do that. Be an investor. Owning a business. That is an investor. (laughs) No, it's not. There is a huge difference between owning a business and investing in a business. Let me tell you. Well, that's why I would. One sucks ass. One's like "Mm, it sucks a little bit less ass. Suck ass. Would you rather be? Would you rather be someone's employee? No, but I'd rather be an investor. You'll get there one day. All right, I uh, I barely know how to read. Oh god! Um, if you could recommend one book, what's the book you would recommend? Dude, you got good questions. Actually, I feel like I thought I'd about these for at least this. seventeen minutes today. Mm. If oh, what's if your it, favorite book? Come on, quick, that, off the cuff, go. The book that is largely responsible for me sitting in this couch at this moment in time is called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Fundamentally changed my life. I read it in 2012, late 2012, and it changed the way I approach my marriage, the way I approach business, the way I approach a lot of things. So it's an easy-to-read book, Jake. You can do it. I'll sound it out, out and I did yeah. write it down. I was just going to say, Jake, write that down. I, I'm going to look it up. That'll be and, good. Uh, I'm going to see if I can attempt to read it. Yeah. I haven't read a book since like third grade. So that that book, <laughs> Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, is a hell of a book. That book is amazing for anybody who negotiates anything ever. Great book. Um, be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone is a great book. Um, Stephen Manfield's Manly Book of Men is a great book. Manly Book. Are you writing these now? Like, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'm like, I already forgot what the second one was. Ready for this one? If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. That's one of my most favorite books. I love it. Have you read If You Give Jake Brown a Cookie? Yeah, he eats no, it. but I tried it. 
Good luck, my friend. <laughs> All right, coming up at the end here. Um, if you could sum up your life in one motto, what would it be? I don't know. Probably something stupid like keep going. <laughs> I don't know. That's not stupid. <laughs> Get rich or die trying. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Okay. <laughs> All right. My <laughs> final question. And a lot of people can't see Dale. Um, are you going to keep your beard when November ends? D- d- wait, before you answer this, please hold. That'll change the way you walk out of this office. This this answer, cha- do you walk out or do you crawl out? Jake Brown's going to beat you up. So, so yesterday... I asked Jake Brown, I said, Jake Brown, should I save, shave my beard? Jake Brown said. Absolutely not. Thank right. God. I was about to fight you right now. Oh, yeah. Because if he shaves, I'm shaving mine. I'll fight both of you. And for you con- know how long it took me to get him to grow his beard out? For, for context, I don't have facial hair almost ever. It but you grow really the best good. beard here. You really do. Like, your beard is immaculate. Thank you. Like, I look, like up, truly. I look up to Dale so much, I started cutting my hair like his. Dale's bald. <laughs> Dale's bald. I don't. I don't know. Like I'm not. The the beard is like. I I thought about this and I was like, I don't. I don't. So, my wife doesn't necessarily love this, but she doesn't hate it. Okay, that's a win. That is a win. That is. That's a win. We weren't yeah. sure how that was gonna go. Um, but I thought maybe I would like. Maybe I'll like cut it down so it's just like trim it up a little bit. A trimmed beard. Yeah. yeah. I um, think you should. It really is. Yeah, we're not saying like easy nice. top. Like we're just you know. It looks good. I, I think you should, I think Thanks. maybe just for December, try it out, trim it a little bit. It's here your and winter there. beard. Yes. Until the weather gets like back over a hundred. And then it's your summer beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep this. Day, so it's, it's ever now. It's, it's an ever beard. Boom. Ever year beard. round. Um, all right. My last question. What do you think of when you hear yucky? <laughs> What's funny before he answers this is we were eating dinner last night and about four or five times I just, here out of the corner of the table. Yucky? Yucky? And he was pulling all the onions off of his pizza. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Welcome. You're in the club now, Dale. You don't know, but that was your initiation. You're in. Yeah. No, that's what I think. I think of you two handsome gentlemen. Damn. Mm-hmm. Did you pay? I did. Mm-hmm. Slipped him five bucks when I walked mm-hmm. in. All right. Well, I think we got through a lot today. I think we could think go for great. another four or five hours. We're definitely going to have a part two on this. Mm-hmm. We definitely need to jump on uh, Dale's podcast. I was just going to say the financial maybe. purpose. Um, but we're, before we go, Dale, where can everyone find you for financial advisors or podcast? You can get everything off the uh, my, my main website, which is lifemoveswealth.com. Uh, again, www. W, W, it's my favorite George W. W W W Bush, <laughs> like when he so when he was running for president like in uh, two thousand, and it was him versus Al Gore, and Al Gore like you know claimed that he invented the internet, and <laughs> George W. Bush is like, well, if he invented the internet, how come all the websites start with W? w. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old days, love it. Okay, and do you have any concerts coming up that anyone can see? Oh, well, I mean we're. We're playing uh, the 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 project that I'm drumming in. We're playing a thing on Friday the eighth, but it's kind of like a private thing, and it's a little okay. You're not we, invited. It's to, like a yeah. dinner. No, I'm invited. Dinner thing. The listeners are well, suckers. And then the last yeah. one was the podcast. Where can you find it? You can link to it right um, right from the Life Moves Wealth website. You can also find it on uh, Spotify. 
under uh, the financial purpose. Awesome. Um, but it's, it's housed on Substack, so substack.com, and you can type in uh, the financial purpose, and you can get both the podcast and the accompanying blog that goes with it. Nice. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Well, we've been in this for just over an hour, Dale, and I know you need to get going. Before we end, do you have any questions for us before we exit this? Oh, my gosh. Boy, this could this don't, could, don't, be don't. A lot of, this could go for another hour. This could go for another hour. <laughs> and I know you've got places to be. Mm. Do you have any questions for us? It's a lot of fun. Yeah, Jake Morrow, what is oh, your shit. what is your watch? What is that? So it's a, a Sunto. Um essentially it is a smartwatch. It does way more than I could ever you do with this watch, but um essentially it's this company that really focuses on um like outdoors and they have like a hunting specialty watch which um like I actually got my brother one before he uh was deployed. Um so essentially it attracts a certain amount of decibels and for sound and it actually will highlight and vibrate. So like uh, for hunting purposes it has like shot detection. It has um like this one has like breadcrumbs so if for whatever reason I decide to like hike one day and I go out and I get lost or something Something like this this will actually track uh, my gps location it will get me back to where it is it shows you know like sunrise sunset um rainstorms like it's just one of those really outdoorsy ones but you can beat the hell out of this thing it doesn't scratch it doesn't um stop working it uh, uh as long as i keep the battery charged it's okay but it tracks like all your fitness so it does a, a ton of stuff that i will never use but like like the fitness part the oh yeah do you want to go but it'll go it'll in the water swimming I, I mean i literally wear this thing almost every single day and i beat it up and it has not wavered at all do you want to go hiking with me sure yeah, yeah. He's I'll, not. He's not going to show up. No, but, no, no. I'll show up. I'll just be in the car with snacks. Be like, all right. I'll see when you get back down. Yeah. So I'm. I'm, gonna, I'm doing. Um. I'm. I've got to put it together. But I'm trying. I'm targeting December 18th. I like to do this hike right before Christmas. Oh, you've done it the past couple year. years. Yeah, we're out of town. Oh darn, I'm out of town. Mm. Jake Brown Dang. said I'm out of town. So no, we did a New Year's hike last year, and oh, I so really I'll, enjoyed that one. I'll do. I'll always do a New Year's hike. Um, tell Candy she's welcome to come to that she's too. She's not going. And uh, <laughs> we almost got divorced last time. But the, <laughs> the one that I like to do right before Christmas is is uh, it's Picket Post, which is if you're on the 60, like heading toward Globe. Okay. Um, it's just this mountain that like pops up right there. And, uh, and that's a really, that's a hard hike. It's a lot of fun though. And there's a, there's a little mailbox at the top where you can like drop a letter to Santa or something like that. So it's kind of cool. I'll have to get my letter. You lost lost me at hard hike. Now, if this was like a mile long there and back, I'm in. No, this is like, it's, it, no, it's, it's longer than that, but it is the kind of hike where like you drink water on the way up. And then at the summit, we, we have summit beers. And you might have just brought me back around. See? Summit beers. I, did, uh, I would do some exercise for a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Got anything else, Dale? Uh, yeah, I do. So when I met you guys, you were doing uh, you were doing the Amazon fulfillment thing. You were doing uh, containers. Correct. Um, you guys were all over the place. And now now you're here. You've got the Meineke and the, and the Mako shops, right? So why... Why did you settle on Mako Meineke or, or, you know, and I know you've got some other projects that are in the, in the hopper and things that are going, but you know, why, why is this the kind of the core? You want that one, JB? So it started out, Jake Morrow and I were, if you want to throw a title on it, regional vice presidents of a, um, an Amazon group. It was a DSP 1.0, a delivery service provider 1.0 is their initial startup for Amazon to start delivering packages and get in that world. 
Um, Amazon didn't know what to do, so they started hiring ex-FedEx contractors, um, which our now business partner was back then. We worked for it back then. And so, and so he got into Amazon. Um, we kind of launched the delivery program of, hey, this is what needs to be done. These are the processes. This is how you map. This is how you route. This is how you load. This is how you check in, check out. We went through all that. Long story short, with all that going on, the program growing extremely fast, we grew to having seven locations. Six stations, I think. Do you count Liberty? We'll count Liberty. So seven. Uh, so seven locations in five states. Mm-hmm. Um, we had upwards to, say, 350-plus vehicles, mm-hmm. um, if not a little more. And if anyone's ever seen an Amazon delivery van driving down the road, the things are magnets to parking awnings, buildings, other cars. They are beat up. Um, and you you don't hire there, you onboard. So if somebody has a heartbeat and they can show up for an interview, you're you're hired. Um, back then, there was no driving test or anything. It's, hey, did you drive here? You made it here. Perfect, you're hired here. Literally. You, will mm. you show up to work tomorrow? So okay. with that being said, every single vehicle was being absolutely destroyed. We would have, you know, upwards to, with all of our locations, we would have four to five accidents per week. Um, at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the year, we were paying out over a million dollars in insurance out of pocket. Well, we figured we needed to, you know, help ourselves out a little bit. So we found a, it's a fleet solution center. So it's a Mako that basically just looks over fleet. So they do a lot of rental cars. They do a lot of USPS. They do a lot of FedEx um, and Amazon. So that was for sale in the Valley. It was a failing business then. We got into it at a good price. We were able to launch it and kind of flip the sales around. A lot of it had to do with bringing our own vehicles into the shop and working on our own vehicles. Um, We ended up loving the model so much of the driven brands where you know, within the first couple of months, we called every other franchise here in Arizona and said, hey, looking to sell. We love the model. Are you looking to get out? Are you looking to stay in? What do you need for your business? So we did that. We ended up picking up two other locations by doing that. Uh, within that time, we were like, well, we want to be full service. We want to be able to have, you know, somebody work on their car, get the body damage fixed, get it painted hey, they also need tires, they need oil change, and they have a check engine light on. We want to get in the other side of those things. Um, we want all the business, uh, pretty much. So we want to build an empire and all that. So we ended up getting into the Meineke side of things where we can bring cars in, we can do full service on all the cars. And we were able to buy a group of three Meinekes in Tucson. Um, again, another failing business. The previous owner was lives out of town and wasn't able to clearly look over the business. So we got into there decent price. We're able to flip those around and again, love the model wanted to bring it to Phoenix. So we opened up two additional ones here in town. Um, long story short, we loved the model, loved what driven brands, which is the umbrella company of Mako and Meineke uh, support and everything they were doing. We loved it so much that we just kept growing with it. So did I miss anything, Jake? I don't really know what I said, but Sounded good. Long story short, Sounded all good. of our all of our vehicles in Amazon were completely destroyed, and we got into a business where we could fix them all, and then love the model so much we got out of Amazon. Cliff notes. Boom. Nice. Yeah, that's about it. Okay, so since <laughs> since you guys are forcing me to grow a beard, yeah, I'm not shaving my head shave? bald. Oh, you're already there. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Not doing it. 
No. I'm just, I'm looking down and I'm wondering. You want boots next? Should I get boots? Hell if yes. you start with boots, you can end with boots. Now we're talking. Once you get boots on, you're not going to go any other way. They're the most comfortable thing. I wore boots as a kid. I grew up in redneck, like total redneck cow country, Florida. So I had boots as a kid, like some snake skins and some nice stuff. We're going to change. Alligators. We're going to change your world. Oh yeah. Uh, Boots are happy. I already have a hat. Oh, I got your beat both of us. I have a hat. Yeah. I've made a promise to myself until I get an acre of property, I would not buy a hat. So uh, Melissa bought a nice hat for me for my birthday this year. Oh, she's mm. a keeper. What's the brand? She's a keeper. What brand is it? I don't remember. Stetson, maybe? It's not. No, it's not. It's oh, not okay. a Stetson or a Justin. It's um. Oh man, I can't even remember. We you got have it to down. Text me later. Then. Yeah, I'll I'll send you a picture. It's uh, it's actually it's um, it's a gambler's style hat. So it's got the the flat. Oh uh, yeah. the flat. You know, oh, crown, nice. yeah, yeah, and it's got it's got uh, kind of a medium brim. It's not really wide. And it's not very flared. Nice, okay. Um, but it but it's really nice. We got it down at the uh, the hat store in Scottsdale. So you go down there and they find a hat. They can custom shape it to your. And they do it, like it all right there in front a- of you. Aztecs or something <laughs> down in South Scottsdale. Or yeah, downtown. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. We have to get one of those this year, JB. Yeah, <sighs> Dale's got one. If we get him boots, we got to get hats. All right, if you get boots, we'll get hats. Okay, boom. All right, you got anything else for us, Dale? That's it, that's it. All right, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. I think Thanks we for learned, having me. We both learned a ton. Oh, yeah. um, everyone go check out Dale at lifemoveswealth.com uh, and also check out his podcast. So and thank you, everyone. keep for, listening to and keep, keep listening, listening to the Yucky Podcast. Out, this is a great you. podcast. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you all next time. See ya.